Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. So I thought, get on Instagram Live, give you guys some thoughts of mine, some things that I've been learning from some of my clients as they're going through it, because we're all rookies in the quarantine and the lockdown situation. And also kind of do a little bit of a podcast at the same time. But most importantly, I got some questions from a lot of people that I want to answer as many questions as I can in today's video. So thanks for everybody who's logging on to the video. Really appreciate it. I'm really excited to hear some of your guys' feedback and some of the things that have worked for you during this quarantine time. So I want to start off with a question. Would you guys please leave a comment or any sort of information of anything that you've been doing that's been helping with your kids keep the house calm and patient and quiet or as possible, right? Um, some things that's helping you with anxiety or depression or just some things in general that's helped you have a household that is still able to get some things done despite all the changes in our life right now. Now, I want to start off by letting you guys know this Instagram video is something that we're doing here at Light the Fight to give you guys some content, some questions, uh, the opportunity to ask questions and to answer those questions. But I also got a couple of other things in the making. Some of you may know about my parenting partnership e-course that I launched a few months back. Well, right now it's $49.99. So if you want to check that out, go to my website, www.davidkozlowski. That's K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I. We'll put it in the comments.com. So davidkozlowski.com. If you want uh, the parenting partnership for 49 bucks, and then the next thing that we're uh, going to be doing from now on, trying to think about some ways I can help parents in, in a bigger way since I'm not able to meet with groups of people. So what we're going to be doing is parent support groups. For the past 10 years, I've been running teen support groups and it's been very successful. I've done some parent groups like for a couple weeks or a month here and there, but I've never done anything like this. So if you're interested in joining my parent support groups, it'll be just $25 a group. Uh, we'll be running it for two weeks. Uh, 10 people per group and I'll be running two different groups. So you have options of doing the group on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday throughout the week. So if you're interested in that, also go to www.davidkozlowski.com for more information. So let's get to some of this quarantine madness. I'm going to start off with telling you guys, um, I'm really thankful for a lot of things that I wasn't thankful for before. I don't know if you guys have felt this way, but every time I go to Harmon's, that's a local grocery store here in Utah, I'm like thanking the guy stocking the, the shelves, thanking the girl cleaning and desanitizing the, the self-checkout. I find myself giving thanks and appreciation to these people as if they served uh, a tour in the military, as if like they're military. Not that it's the same thing, but I'm sharing my gratitude and appreciation because they're putting themselves at risk so that I can get the things that I need. So I just want to give a shout out to anyone out there, banking, um, grocery stores, specifically in the medical profession, the first responder uh, profession. Can't thank you enough. A lot of my neighbors are nurses and man, they're, they're going through it. So I want to give a big shout out and thanks to everyone. Now I also want to give a big shout out to anyone out there who financially is being hit by this. Now I know we're all financially being hit by it, but some more than others. If you're going through financial stresses, 
that's obviously not going to make your family scenarios and situations better. So thank you very much for just taking on the responsibility of the financial struggles and challenges you're having and still logging on and trying to do personal things to stay connected to your kids and to your loved ones. And uh, last but not least, I want to thank uh, you know all the moms and all the fathers out there who haven't killed their kids yet. Let's give, let's give a round of applause for you guys. All joking aside, man, uh, even though it's only been a week and a half, I can feel some tension building. Now, like I said, I, I'm still counseling a lot of people who have to do it over the phone and FaceTime, but some of the concerns I'm getting from parents aren't just that they're worried about their kids having nothing to do, but they're worried about their kids being in danger, uh, being tempted to go out and meet up with friends, keeping everybody in the know of how serious this is, but at the same time, try to allow them to live their life. This is really difficult for young people, as you guys all know. And so if you have any thoughts or ideas of things that you've done, we want you to continue to comment throughout this live video of what's worked for you to keep peace and order in your household. I wish I could sit here and just give you a list because I'm David the professional, but the reality of it is I'm a rookie at quarantine. We're all rookies at lockdown. We're just trying to figure this out as we go. So if you have any helpful tips about depression, anxiety, keeping your household together, just some like little nuggets that you would like to share, please do share with the rest of us. So I'm going to start by saying a few things for me personally that um, I've been noticing and that I've been doing since the quarantine. In fact, a couple of these things I've been doing before the quarantine happened, it just worked out that I'd started a couple social experiments with some friends and a few clients that now has evolved into something totally different. So I want to start off uh, with giving you some of those things before I get into some of the questions and answers. Um, thanks for everybody who's logging on. If you just logged on and um, just to let you guys know, we're trying to do some free Instagram live videos like this to answer some questions, but also um, doing a sale on my e-course and I'm starting parent support groups that will be running twice a week. There's a cap on those groups. They're $25 a group. If you're interested, go to www.davidkozlowski, that's K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I.com. I almost forgot how to spell my name for a second there. It's been a long quarantine. So um, a couple things I've been doing. So I started this social experiment with probably one of my best friends. Now this gentleman, he's 20 years older than me. And this, I want you guys to think about this with your kids for a moment, whether your kids be older or younger or just family members and loved ones. This experiment is growing into something a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. So my best friend throughout our, my relationship with him, I know him for like 25 years, um, he has always struggled with depression since I've known him. One of the grumpiest, irritable people I know. He's uh, difficult. He's a prickly spur. He's difficult to get along with. But if he's your friend, the guy would take multiple bullets for you. I'm very fortunate to have him as my friend. I've been worried about him. He's not worked in a very long time because of his depression. Um, he's lost most of his family members. In fact, I don't think he have any close family members who are living. So what I did is I told him, hey, listen, I love you. Instead of saying I'm worried about you, I just know that when I talk to you, I'm in a better place. I'm in a better mood. So I'm going to commit to calling you or texting you, mostly calling because he's old school, every single day for 10 years. Now he busted up laughing. He's like, 10 years? He's like, come on, that's ridiculous. I go, no, I'm dead serious. I want to do this. So the first couple of times I did it, he's like, are you serious? And I was calling him every single day. Well, it's been a month now. Let me just put it to you this way. I've had deeper conversations with this man that in the past month than I've had maybe once a year he'd open up to me. But something about me just staying in constant contact with him has opened my mind into something that I didn't even realize existed, but it's all around us. And we're having to do this right now because right now this is a time of social distancing but it actually creates social bridging opportunities. 
So what I mean by social bridging is everyone since this quarantine that I was concerned about, personal and professional, I made it a point to them to say, I'm going to communicate to you every single day. Now, some of them, like my friend, thought, gosh, that, that's absurd. Like, you don't need to do that. So I had to come, I had to become a little bit more creative with some of my more resistant or shameful friends or clients, people that didn't want to feel like they're being um, counseled or didn't want to feel like uh, they're a service project. So here's what I did. I started doing something that probably a lot of you already do, but I've called it a bro text. So here's what I'm referring to as bro texting. With some of my closest friends, we have text groups like a lot of you guys have out there. And if you notice throughout the week, you get a lot of notifications. Sometimes they can be annoying. Some of my text groups, I just kind of, I silence them. But what I did this time is I said, you know what? I'm going to start a text group with people who I know are going through similar situations in life or we're all mutual friends. And I'm going to start just sending meme after meme, funny memory of the past. And I'm just going to see what happens because with my close friends that I was doing this with, I started to notice that as we texted every single day, they started to randomly share in the text thread, not a funny meme, not a funny meme, but they started to share that they were struggling. They started to share that they're stressed. My workout buddy group, uh, I, I play football, or I played football, I don't play football. <laughs> I played football a long, long time ago at the University of Utah. And I work out with these three guys almost every single morning. And the first week of all this, we're like sending funny memes. And now we're saying things like, Hey, I miss you, man. Love you, brother. Like, I miss hanging out with you. We're trying to schedule dog walks together. This has been one of the most amazing things I found because in this text group thread, I started to see something that happens at work for all of us. Most of us, because we spend so much time with people at work, we become so familiar with them, we actually start practicing and talking out loud some of our stresses, our worries and concerns to people at work, not because they are the most trusted people in our life because they've proven for 20 years that we can trust them, because they're more available and we see them more often. So with these group text threads I found out I've been doing is that they're allowing people to stay connected in a very light, organic way. And then when something pops off, the person is more likely to say, hey, I'm struggling, or hey, if someone else is struggling, I'd be happy to help them. Now you can see this going, uh, it's been pretty popular in a lot of different ways, especially with trying to find resources like toilet paper. A lot of people have been doing group threads to, um, to communicate that. Well, our ancestors did the exact same thing. The people that you depended upon survival, you had to communicate with them daily. They would let you know if there was something to be uh, fearful about, but they'd also let you know if there's something to be joyful about or something that was coming up that, was, that you should look forward to. These are the interactions that keep us safe. I found with myself and for all my friends that I've been starting to group text chats with, they've been noticing a sense of comfort knowing that even though they're not seeing their friends, they're connected to their friends. So going back to what I talked about social bridging during the social distancing time, I think what we just got was the reset that we needed in our society. Now, I wish it did not come at such a horrible cost and expense of lives and our whole entire society being shut down. But we're having to re, re, uh, reverse engineer how we socially connect. So it's interesting to me that it says social distancing means to keep your distance from other people. And social media is how we connect with other people. I believe the intention of social media was to help human beings stay connected. But somewhere along the way, it started to replace connection. Now with the social distancing rules and everybody 
longing and desiring for connection, I feel it's pretty obvious that all of us, whether we meant to or not, we took connection for granted. I mean, face to face, how you doing? Bro hug, what's up? Oh, hey, big hugs. Where you been? You know, we, we, we miss that, but it's not that we just miss that. We realize how much we've been neglecting that. So social bridging is just an opportunity for you to come up with better and more creative ways for 2020, March 2020, to stay connected in a deep, meaningful way with other people. I truly believe that what we're going through is we're using social media, what it was intended for right now, and it's giving us a lot of great things in return. It's giving us updates about what to be you know, careful of and worried about. It's giving us the opportunity to stay closely informed in our loved ones' lives, but it's also giving us the opportunity to feel human again because we have the time to reach out. I, I feel the stress. I don't know if any of you guys have felt this, but I get lots of texts throughout the day. I'm pretty famous in taking two or three days to get back to people. Right now I'm responding back to people in 20 minutes and they're like, wow, it must be an apocalypse. If David's responding back this quickly, I just want to do my part. And I know by responding back to someone's text, that's a small act, but it is quite an important thing to people who are texting me. So here's what I suggest you guys do. A couple things I found at my social experiments. I'm not saying you have to call a friend for 10 years straight. Thank you everybody that's for joining on. I, I know I've been commenting and um, haven't been acknowledging all the people who are on here, but I really want to just focus on almost as if this is a podcast so I can share some information and then get into some answering some questions. So the first thing I want you to do is if you have a friend that you know is struggling, bug them. Call them every day. Send them a funny meme. You will crack them. I've cracked so many of my friends in the past couple of weeks. I'm almost proud of it. I almost like want like like a, a hit list of all the friends that I got to open up and break out of their normal comfort zone. Now, I'm not saying I'm having deep counseling conversations with these people, but I'm having a conversation that leaves them at the end saying, thank you, I needed that, I need more of this, I should probably do that with some of my other friends. So, reaching out to people daily, that's one way. Group chats, or as I like to call it, bro chats, messaging people, sending memes to each other, then when someone's going through a difficult time, it's already a perfect organic slide right into the conversation and you can be a better support person and you'll be more likely to open up to your loved ones and let them know that you're struggling as well. Okay, Those are some of the biggest fundamental things as far as the digital and talking to people. One thing for me personally that I've, I'm addicted to now, I, I really started liking this in recent months because we got a puppy and my puppy's a high energy dog so I've been taking him out. But I found three components that have been happening when I've been walking my dog. I've been walking my dog at least three to four times a day. I have two different dogs, so I get about four walks in a day. I wasn't planning on this replacing my personal everyday workouts. And in fact, I don't think it can do that. But here's what it is doing. It provides me the time to get on some of those group chats. It provides me the time to make phone calls, to reach out to people. Not to just say, hey, are you okay? But to say, hey, I miss you. And this gives me an opportunity to reach out to you. So, but the third one that's been really helpful, I go back to my psychology days and remember that running and walking, specifically like walking an animal, is very meditative. So it's like, a, it's like an exercise version of meditation. I've been getting that effect big time. Walking up hills, getting focused on just clearing out my mind. It's a movement, uh, it's a meditation, but in movement. So if you have a dog, I know your dog would be stoked and be happy. I know you would benefit from it but just give it a try. I, I really forgot how healthy it felt to walk my dog, especially if I'm doing it two, three, four times a day. 
So give some of those a shot. Now I want to get to some questions as promised. Um, I hear from some people out there that having the kids home all day long, um, it makes you a uh, loco en la cabeza or cabeza, whichever. Um, a couple of my clients said, hey, you know, you should do a video or something like that to, to answer some questions. And the past week I've been mostly focusing on my own family and my own survival. And now that you know, I'm kind of pulling my head out of all that, I thought about it. I'm like, man, I wonder what people are going through. So let's get after it. Let's start answering some questions to give you guys some ideas of how to better get out of these situations. And hopefully I can weigh in with some information because like I told you before, I'm a rookie at all this myself. I've never gone through a pandemic, never gone through you know quarantine or anything like that. So I got some questions here and uh, my amazing producer, Brandon. By the way, here at Light the Fight, we are practicing social distancing. We're not doing the podcast. We're not meeting together. If you're getting some comments um, through Light the Fight, our producer, Brandon, he's been kind enough to log in live and, and help us with this conversation. So let me get to some of these questions that Brandon's sending me here. Now, I've not read any of these questions yet, so here we go. First one is, uh, my question is how to help my young adult daughter. She is in her last year of college here in Brazil school. Here in Brazil, school year ends in December. Oh, she's in Brazil. Okay. Um, her college has online classes, but very light load stuff to do. And she just sleeps during the day, stays up all night texting or watching movies, not eating well, worried about her health and mental health, bad mood. Um, we fight all the time. Can't tell her what to do. She's 21, but I know she needs a better routine to go through this, but I can't seem to get it through to her. By the way, I have a 14 year old boy and she complains about him all the time and I only complain about her, which is not true. Sorry for the long DM. Anyways, we get the question. So this is one that I've actually had two people ask me this week because they have kids in college that are living with them. Now, normally I would tell you, set up an agreement to start planning the exit strategy for them to move out. And in this situation, I'm gonna say the exact same thing but with a little bit of a twist. If you have a 21 year old, and by the way, I don't know your background or anyone that has kids living at home, you would think to yourself, right now is not the best time to start planning for my kids to move out. Well, let me tell you why it is the best time. Because it's planning for something of the future. You're talking, this woman was talking about unmotivated, sitting around. You know what motivates young adults? A glittery, shiny, bedazzled hope that they could be meaningful, purposeful, and they could do something great in life. It's hard to do that from your parents' basement. It's not the coolest place to live. Even though you can justify saying, it's gonna save me money, I would suggest, mom, that you have a conversation with her about, we don't know how long the pandemic's gonna go on, we don't know what's gonna take, but let's set up, assuming that you can move out in let's say three months, let's set up a plan where we can start devising ways that we can set you up so you're financially able to move out, and not just move out, but to also stay out. Now your child may not wanna think about those things, but you can give her the other alternative, you can give your other kids the other alternative. The other alternative is we stay in this current situation locked up together for as long as this takes. If the lockdown has taught us anything about our relationships with our kids, some kids really work in the family system right now, and some kids, they're past their expiration date. Now. Hopefully you don't think that way about anyone under 18 years old because until they're 18 years old, they can't start considering moving out. I'm not telling them to kick your kid out. I'm not telling them that they have to move out. I'm telling them you should sit them down, have a conversation about 
if they were able to move out in a set amount of time, what were the things that need to be done? Well, we're gonna start have to act like adults around each other. Probably is not gonna help to pick on your little 15 or 14 year old sibling because when you move out, you're not gonna care about them anyway. Start the dialogue and the discussion to moving out. Okay, next one here. Uh, I have a question. Um, how do I help a 15 year old girl who's very social with friends and not a fan of her annoying younger siblings? She refuses to leave her room, bed, except eat. I try to have her plan something fun each day and says she, and she says nothing is fun except being with her friends. I've got her to do some practice driving a few times, but is very negative and says she, she's very negative and says she's a bad driver. She's not. Not sure how much to push her to come out of her room to drive or so on. Um, I'd also love okay, let's start with that question. So 15-year-old picking on younger siblings, social with friends, right? Every single one of your teenagers are grieving. They're grieving the death of this beautiful package, Nordstrom's box, silver bowed life. Now you may be telling yourself, we don't have a perfect life. We're not made of money. That's not what I'm referring to. The kids in this generation today, it's not their fault, but they have been born into privilege. Even poor kids can have a smartphone. Even families that don't have a lot of accesses to a lot of things still can have some amenities, you know, some, some luxury items. So what I want you to do with your daughter, recognize for this next, for the first couple weeks, you're going to get a sack of potatoes, a lumpy teenager laying there, not wanting to do much, only complaining about their struggles. Yes, it is good to give them advice to get them out the door, but it's also really good to commiserate with them, to actually you know, misery loves company. If they're miserable, start talking about your friends that you can't hang out. Instead of saying, well, I wish I could hang out with my friends too. You know, I have to make sacrifices too. Or instead of giving your teenagers suggestions of things that they could do, first start with going, man, you're right. I'm struggling with the same thing too. I mean, I'm not a teenager, but I want to see my friends too. Like that's got to suck for you. Let them elaborate on it. Let them vent. Let them blow off the steam. Then once they're done venting and being all pissy and moany and stuff like that, then you come back around and say, well, you know I have plenty of ideas for you. I don't know what you want to do, but if you come up with some ideas, I'd be happy to help you do them. So why don't you come up with some ideas that you can be creative, whether it's do like some sort of challenge with your friends, give them the idea about the group text. You know, if they're not already in a group or message text with their friends, say that they could start some sort of challenge with their friend group. Do something that keeps your kids focusing on something that's challenging to them. Social is challenging to your kids and it's exciting. So if you do encourage anything to your kids after you've, you know, you know, sat there and, you know, sulked a little bit with them, encourage them to create some sort of social challenge. And when I say challenge, get together on a meetup app. It is definitely the opportunity for our kids to be appreciative of the face-to-face -face time that they do have with friends, but also to take advantage of the time that they have to do nothing. This is where they can become creative. I think TikTok's blown up with their videos. There's more creative content out there than I've ever seen before. Let your kids know that they could be the one friend that stirs up something exciting in their friend group. Spark that curiosity and help them start to focus on what they can do instead of what they've lost. But you gotta feel sad for them with them. Don't try to change their feelings, just feel it with them. Okay. Brandon, we got some more questions coming through here. I'm seeing. Okay. 
Right. Um, any ideas for a 16th birthday party? Got a daughter. She was planning a big friend one and now says it will suck. In comparison to the other one, I'm pretty sure it will suck. She says uh, staying in bed. She just wants to stay in bed all day. I'm thinking of Google Hangout party or something. How can I make it fun day for her since it's so different what she planned? Well, I think we found out a lot from news. By the way, I had a birthday this past Monday. I will, all I said, all I wanted for birthday for my birthday, if you're here locally, there's a sushi restaurant called Tsunami. I just said, I just wanted Tsunami. Tsunami's been open up every day. I live really close by to them. Go to their website to place my order. Said they're closed for that evening. It sucked. <laughs> I, was, I was bummed out. Haven't been eating out in a while, so I was really looking for that Tsunami. So we had to make some changes. My suggestion for your daughter's birthday, just like what you've learned on the news, I think a drive-by birthday is in a really good order. Now, some kids, uh, what this kid call it? He called it circling the wagons. So what some of the kids are doing is they're getting in cars and they're creating a circle. They're rolling down their windows, they're opening up their doors, just like the old drive-in movie theaters. Some kids have gotten really creative. Now, if it's not rainy outside, you could put on like some sort of screen, play some funny videos. They can do uh, TikTok from afar. Uh, there's a lot of creative things that your kids can come up with, but you have to let your kid know that you're gonna back them on anything that's not unhealthy or unsafe. But as far as being creative, you're gonna have to get into something that's mobile. Walking your dog. So I'm allowing my kids or, or, or with other people, we'll walk our dogs and trails by each other, away from each other. Like, so we're moving. I noticed the most important thing that you could find to do with your kids has to be something moving. For some reason, movement seems to be something that people feel like they're still being safe, but at the same time, they're doing something like driving down State Street. I know all you local Utah residents, I wasn't born and raised in Utah, but I heard State Street back in the day, the girls would be driving by, the guys would be driving by, hey, what's up, blah, blah, blah. They'd meet up in a parking lot afterwards. We'll do the social distancing version of that, okay? Especially for a birthday party, circle the wagons, I mean, come on, we got a lot of pioneer blood out here in Utah. Come up with something to make her birthday exciting, and I think it'll help if there's some sort of movement there, okay? Now, I got some other uh, questions we want to get to. All right. So, uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Just get a little thank you. All right. Um, I'd love to hear ways to keep my teens happy and hopeful, specifically my high school senior. Oh, you got a senior? Ooh, seniors are feeling it right now. She misses her friends, her boyfriend, her teachers and classes. Prom has been canceled. Graduation is likely to be next. She feels the clock ticking before she goes off to college. I get it. There doesn't seem like anything to look forward to. Again, just like I said with uh, one of the last comments, you got to sit there with them. You got to be in the fire with someone. When you plan a, a football team, a sports team, or go through a really difficult thing with a group of people, you guys forge a bond and a connection that then you can depend upon that person and trust that that person is going to give you good information and they're going to have your back. When your kids are going through this, double down and go in with them. Sit there with them, complain with them. Now, it's fine level of complaining. You don't want to complain too much with them, but just enough to let them know you're on their team. Once they go through all the complaining, once they go through this grieving process, because it's the death of a, a life that they didn't know how good they had it. It's not their fault that they've lived in such a great life, but now they're realizing it can be very uncomfortable and can be right out scary. So make sure that when you sit with your kids and you hang out with them, 
you let them know first off that you're not trying to stop them from feeling that way. You get it. As long as you need to be there with your kids, stay in that place with them. But back to the, uh, the question, the graduation part, the senior one, it's really tough because this was their moment. Some of the creative things that other seniors have been doing. Now, I don't know if this is a real thing that they can pull off, but some seniors have been starting like, um, what was this thing this, this kid told me about? He goes, uh, the, the walk ceremony where they're making videos and uh, self-imposing them like they're walking down their aisles, like flipping their cap and stuff. I think the best thing that we need right now is humor. Not to belittle each other, not to demean each other, not criticize each other. Not, not like that belittling type of humor, but humor about our situation. Having worked with suicide and suicide prevention for so many years, I tell you, if I could not have, if I couldn't, <laughs> if I wasn't allowed to have a sense of humor, it wouldn't work. But you know who are the best people that have a sense of humor? Are the people who are going through the roughest times. The people that I've worked with that struggle with suicide and the families that had kids struggle with suicide or been through suicide, they sometimes have the absolute best humor because they've been so deep in pain and agony, they know the importance of making light of it. I'm telling all the seniors I talk to, the seniors that are talking to me and asking me for advice or the seniors I'm getting advice from, the only thing that I know right now, two weeks in that works is humor. You have to make fun of your situation just a little bit. Now, some people are going to be better at the humor than others. You don't have to tell your senior that they have to completely just like belittle and mock their senior year, but being light with it should definitely help out a lot. Okay, I got another question for you. Um, all right. Okay, this one says... Our schools have yet to require any work for grades and my teen refuses to do anything. How do you motivate a teenager, a teenage boy that isn't being required by his teachers to work? Teenage boys weren't made for quarantine. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Teenage boys weren't made for quarantines. And if teenage boys weren't made for it, you know, I, I don't think really teenage girls were made for it that much either. But I get what you're I get where you're coming from. You know, the, the great things, and obviously some school districts are going to be in different levels than others, but a quick answer to what I'm saying, you always want to do a social contract, social agreement. So tell them, now I know parents always say this, your job until you go back to school or your job for right now is your chores, whatever you want to do. But tell them, you know school is going to come back, right? So every single day that you don't do a chore that you don't do something around the house to help out with the family, then what we're going to do, we're going to count that as a missing assignment for your schoolwork. Now, when we go back to school, at the end of each week, you're only allowed to have certain missing assignments. If you start off school with a bunch of missing assignments, that's fine. It's up to you. But you're not going to get certain privileges at the end of the day. Just letting you know. The reason why, and hopefully you can come up with, that's a basic concept. Hopefully you can come up with some ideas off that. The reason why I'm suggesting this, this has worked in other scenarios. Now remember, I've never been in a quarantine before. I'm trying some new things out with some people. But the reason why I think that's going to work is because to try to get a teenage boy right now in the first couple weeks to be motivated or have the same fears and worries to get stuff done that you have, that's going to be difficult. But um, pause due to poor connection. We're good? Okay. I think I'm good. Okay. Had a little pause thing there. So going back to that back to that question, instead of trying to convince your teenage boy in the first couple weeks of this quarantine, 
that he's going to have to do all these things or else, you know, his life's going to be ruined or, you know, things are going to be really problematic. That's a tough sell because he's like, nobody has to do anything. But what you can do is you can say, each week I need you to do these bare minimum things. If you don't do these bare minimum things, then you're going to have to pay for that when school does start in some way, shape or form. Hold it as leverage for him. And later on when he's like, please, I'll do anything. Well, you need to make up these days. You need to make up those chores. You need to make up this. I let you have a little get out of jail free card for three weeks. But for now, we got to work. First three weeks, by the way, guys, have realistic expectations. Ask your kids to do just enough so they don't feel like they're growing into the furniture. But don't press them too much. After the third week, that's when we can say, okay, now we're getting back to a normal state of life. This is what our life is. Now, now let's get going. It's kind of like just getting done with like a short break, like a Christmas break. We tell them all the fun's over, hang out, you know, all the time and just goofing off, sleeping in late. Now we get to get back to some sense of a structure. Okay. Uh, how we do it on time here? All right. So by the way, let me comment on some of the people. Uh, yes, high school seniors. Yes, high school seniors. Yeah, high school seniors. And let's be, let's face it, history is going to go down as they're going to be the senior class that kind of got screwed. That's all there is to it. I'm pretty sure guy people that got drafted into the military during, you know, you know, Vietnam War days, stuff like that, I'm sure they felt like they got pretty screwed out of some of their adult experiences too, like going to college and graduation, stuff like that. I'm not saying that, you know, we have to be insensitive to it, but it's unfortunate. But since it can't be changed, let's make light of it just to get through it. Okay. Got a couple more questions here. All right. Uh, that was just a comment. Thanks for the comments. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I had a question from earlier today. So I had a question from a mom. <laughs> she said, I want my son to just get up before noon every single day. Quarantine, non-quarantine, I don't care. Is that too much to ask? Please help. Well, it's not too much to ask, and I think this is a very good question because how do you get your kids to wake up early when they're going to bed really late and there's no reason for them to get up early? All the other techniques that I've given on my podcast, everything that I've said, it's like, okay, you need to do this when it comes to trying to get your kids motivated. It's kind of out the window right now. That's why we're just making up as we go along. So for kids in there in, in their day that have been sleeping really late, again, give them the three-week rule. In the second week, this is when you start giving them a little, first week you kind of cut them slack. Second week you're going, hey, you know, don't get too comfortable. Third week is when I want you to start telling them we're going to start planning a go to bed and wake up schedule like we had before. Even if there's no school, if you don't have any school homework, we have to act like we're normal human beings just in case the world comes back online. First week, let them have a pass. Second week, holding. Third week, start talking about the next week that you're going to have a different structure. Now, I'm not saying you don't have structure on your day-to-day -day with your families. I'm talking about for the kids who are really bucking back and pulling back. Even the most lazy kid after about three weeks of sleeping and really late starts to question their life, starts to feel like a bump on a log. I have teenagers confess to me all the time that they feel like they're just wasting molecules, taking up space. Now, they don't admit that to their parents because they're fearful their parents will use that against them. Trust me, after the third week, you should start seeing even kids that are addicted to video games start to go, eh, 
they're just it's just losing it your brain cannot produce much of those neurochemicals you know all, all, all the drugs that it needs to get happy and excited when it's doing the same thing over and over and then come the fourth week you may even start talking about hobbies and trying new things all right so i want to start getting on there and um how can we help our kids believe this is not a new normal, it's temporary and it will be normal and happy relatively soon? Okay, so I'll answer that question. Um, how can we help our kids have hope that this is not gonna be the rest of their life when we're unsure if this is gonna be the rest of their life? Aha, that's a tough one. It's tough to sell something that you're not really sure of yourself. If you look at any psychological blog, any sort of self-help therapy thing right now, they will tell you the same thing I'm gonna tell you when it comes to your kids. You have to have honesty, but it should be age appropriate. You don't want to be that parent's like, world's going to hell in a handbasket. See, this is what we get, blah, blah, blah. If you're losing your marbles around your kids, they're probably going to have greater reason to be fearful and anxious. For your little kids that are coming to you, hey, we're going to go back to school. I can tell you what I told my nine-year-old daughter today. I said, you know what? They say that they're trying to get school back, but we're not sure. We're going to keep on doing our schoolwork just in case we go back and be prepared and even if we don't do our schoolwork, we want the credit for the school year. We're going to figure this out. We'll keep you posted every week. Every time your child has a fear, a concern about what's going on, says pause due to poor connection. Every time it came back on, every time your child shares a fear, a concern that they have about you know what's going to happen in their future, sit there and listen to them. Tell them you have some of the worries and concerns, but then reassure them of the thing that you do know. Your family has your back. You have good friends. Just state all the things that are guaranteed right now and then tell them that the stuff that's come through the future, we're going to figure it out. Guarantee there's one thing you know and there's one thing you don't know. The one thing you don't know is what's going to happen next. The one thing you do know is that you're not going to have to go through that thing alone. You got your family to go through with you. This is the opportunity where kids can show vulnerability to their parents in ways that they probably wouldn't have shown before. This is a great opportunity, which is why I suggested earlier in this feed to start group threads, group texts, or I call them bro chats. Because even if you're doing a chat with your kid, if they're old enough to have a cell phone, you're sending memes or whatever, it allows them to find time to build up the confidence or to put together the words to describe their fears, worries, and concerns. So next one, I'm very proud of my kiddos. So far, I've been up early and working on homework all on their own. Wow. Because... We're both working like crazy. Sorry, I'm looking on this phone instead of this phone. Uh, waiting for a bomb to drop, LOL. Well, hey, big shout out to you. Anyone out there that's in the, um, anyone that out there that is in the keeping your kids doing some schoolwork and waking up before noon, if you're able to pull that off right now, you should give yourself applause. In fact, you should give yourself a trophy because as of right now, I think the 2020 Parents of the Year Award is canceled. I don't think it's happening. I don't think anyone's gonna get the Parent of the Year Award. It could be like our family did not completely fall apart and we rebuilt and we're gonna try to be better in the future award, but right now we're just trying to get by. We're just trying to do the best that we can. Okay, I got a couple more questions here for it. Well, I got a crap load of more questions, but a couple more that I wanna answer. All right, so how are you seeing teens transition to school online when online has been their home release time? After school or homework? We're starting online school tomorrow and we're getting big pushback. Okay, I mentioned this earlier in the feed. This is kind of like reverse. It's like the flip, the script's been totally flipped. Quick little basic thing off the top of my head. 
Social media was made to help us be connected to other human beings, and so was the internet, share information. Let's talk about social media. Social media was made to connect us with other human beings. However, over time, it started to replace connection with other human beings so that we actually didn't have to be face-to-face -face with other human beings. Now in comes the pandemic. <sighs> Flipped all the way around. Now we have to stay away from people, and by, staying, by having to stay away from people because we're all teenagers on the inside, it just makes us want to be around them even more. Here's your opportunity to build a better relationship with your kids. Now, every kid's going to be on a different timeline. You may have some of the kids that are giving you the pushback that don't really want to open up and be vulnerable and talk about their life. Just stall them out. I think we're going to be in this lockdown situation long enough that even the most stubborn of your kids may just blurt out one day that they hate this. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. Or that they're sad or they're lonely or they feel insecure. It's already happening with a lot of my clients and it's only been taking a week or so. I anticipate your kids will have the opportunity because they're around you more often. There's more reason to talk to you. Even in a difficult struggle or fight. It's like when you know you're stuck with someone and you can't get out of that partnership. Most people, well, you know, if if they make some, you know, some wise choices, we'll figure out, it's best to just figure out the partnership with the person instead of trying to blow it up because you really can't blow it up. You're stuck in the situation. I'm really confident that most parents will dig in their tool belt and pull out a lot of things they've learned from Light the Fight and other great books and podcasts and have the opportunity to now implement them and apply them. I know for a lot of us, we're cleaning out our house, cleaning out closets in our house, physically, but also metaphorically, there might be some things in our relationships with our kids, things that we haven't mentioned to them, things that we haven't acknowledged to them. But as far as technology goes, they will come to you for more talking because the digital is now going to be school and not going to be the same type of relief before. Because you can only be online for so long and on video games for so long before it loses its luster. Okay. Uh, okay, cool, cool. And let me get a couple more questions here. Uh, all right. Okay. So this is a parent question. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to add something quick before I answer, before I read this question. So last night I was watching the news here in Utah. I don't know how this is in other areas, but on Salt, in Salt Lake City, there was um, a statistic that they said there's been over 30% increase in less than the last two weeks in domestic violence. The, the woman, uh, the police sergeant that had done the interview, she said that some of the most violent cases of domestic violence has happened in this past week and a half. Now let's think about this for a second. Loss of employment, increased stress. Loss of earning potential, increased stress. Staying at home with your kids more weighs you down right? All these things are being compacted into one box. A lot of people, rich, poor, no matter who it is, black, white, Asian, Jewish, Catholic, doesn't matter what nationality you are. It says poor connection again. Just, is it just off and I got to wait for it to come back on? Can they still hear me? You think? Okay. All right, here we go. Back to it. Um, a, a lot of, a, a lot of people right now are under the pressure and that when I'd heard that last night on the news, if I don't know how much life he'd caught it, but I'd seen on the news last night, there's over a 30% increase in domestic violence. And in the past week and a half has been some very violent domestic violence calls. Um, I, it's obvious the pressure that everyone's under. But the question that I had that came in earlier today was a question from a father about his relationship with his wife and the fears that he's having right now. 
Okay. So, where is it? Okay. It says, my wife and I have been going to marriage counseling. We've been struggling for about three years now. We have, oh, we have kids. Oh, we have our kids happy, but we are miserable. We hide and we pretend like everything's okay. Unfortunately, it's not working anymore. The quarantine has made it difficult. Now our fights are spilling over to the kids. They're worried about us. My five-year-old asked, are you guys getting a divorce? Now, I don't know how many people out there are currently having relationship issues, had relationship issues, or just starting to feel in the stress simply because the the lockdown. But my suggestion to, to this gentleman, whenever we're in a difficult relationship, marriage, kids, coworkers, whatever it may be, honesty will set you free. Everybody's heard that saying, the truth will set you free. Now, how you say the truth is gonna be a big difference on if it's gonna make the situation worse or if it's gonna set you free. Here's a truth I'd like you to share, speaking to this one guy and anyone out there that can relate to this, husband, wife, whatever your role is in your intimate relationship. Here's the truth I'd like to share with your partner. The truth is you need to do better and this is the opportunity for you to do it. If you're out of a job, if you're financially stressed, this will only make you or it's gonna break you. There's no in-between. For all of us that were just kind of kind of floating in relationships that we weren't happy with, um, having a bunch of things on our to-do list that you know we just kept on pushing off, this is the time now. So for you, this dad that asked this, and for any guy or girl out there that wants to start off with a, a clear setting, a, a new standard expectation, say our life has changed, so let's change our relationship. I know I have a lot of changes, but I just wanna let you know, honestly, I need your help to make those changes. I can't do this without you. I need you to see the things that I can't see. Your partner should really help you see your blind spots instead of poking and prod at them. But you have to go first. You have to tell them, this is the things I've been struggling on. I wanna work on and get better. We should start talking about this. If we have to do some e-therapy, I know through the podcast, we're sponsored by teamcounseling.com. They're very popular right now, betterhelp.com. And this is no sponsorship from them right now. I'm just telling you, find ways to get the help that you need. And now is a time where you have no more excuses. So please, for anyone out there in relationship stress, do not think you can't get help right now. Just think this is an opportunity for you to finally get help. Because if you don't get help, it's only going to get worse. Um, I want to mention for all the people who just jumped on, if you go to www.davidkozlowski, that's K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I.com, I'll put it in the comments. We have uh, two things that I'm offering besides this free live video is um, uh, Parenting Partnership. We've dropped that down to $49. If you saw my TED Talk or are interested in the Parenting Partnership, it's really the best time to get it. It's uh, an e-course where I break down how to do these agreements that are, gosh, we'll I don't know why I have a bunch of night alarms going off. Sorry, guys. But this is the perfect time to do agreements with your kids because you're going to be around them all the time anyways. We have to get creative in our parenting and how we run our household. So go check it out if you're interested in that. And my biggest announcement that I'm really excited, I've been waiting to do this for years, been doing the teen support groups for years. Well, parents, this is your opportunity doing parent support groups. 
starting next week. We'll be running two different groups. There's a cap of 10 people in each group. It's just $25 a group. Basically, it's help you surround, connect, and support with other parents who are going through similar stuff, but we're gonna be doing it through Zoom, so you'll be able to see me. So it's live access to me to answer, ask me questions, but I'm also gonna run it like my support groups I've done in the past, where we can have not just a community of people that are all have the same struggles, but a network of us figuring out how to get through those struggles. What it's done for the teenagers in the past 10 years that I've done these social support groups has been the biggest tool that I've ever found for teenagers. And right now, we may have to social distance, but man, we need more social connection than we've ever needed before. So this is our opportunity to have a chance to connect with other parents. So check it out if you're interested, davidkozlowski.com. I'll be doing more of these Instagram live videos um, through Light the Fight in the future. We, we don't have exact scheduled date, so keep your notifications on. We'll be posting about the next time we have a video. I'm thankful to everyone who logged on today, who checked it out. We'll be sharing this on Light the Fight uh, feed. So if you weren't able to get the whole entire thing, you're trying to do some uh, social distancing exercises at home, hanging out with your friends eat, or hanging out with your kids, eating dinner, whatever it was, you can come back to Light the Fight and watch the, the whole entire live video in its entirety. Um, please send more DMs, send more questions. And with more DMs, more questions, gives me more reason to get online and to answer your questions live. So I'm going to go ahead and peace out now for the rest of the night. This is going to serve as our Light the Fight episode. Heidi, as you know, because we're doing social distancing, uh, couldn't be here. Maybe next week she'll be doing the live light the fight, or maybe we'll get all technical and and uh, get a Zoom one going on. We'll figure it out. But until then, you can go to www.davidkozlowski.com for all those other things I'll be offering as well. Love you guys. Um, last thing I want to tell you, I've been finding that this social distancing, this virus has made me look internally at a lot of things that I'm doing maybe good, maybe bad, things I need to improve upon. I'm pretty confident everybody's doing the same thing. The only difference between having a thought come in your mind about the change you need to make in your life and actually making those changes are a lot of times preparation opportunity. Well, I believe every single one of you have been preparing for a very long time and now's the opportunity. Get after it, go first, be the example to your kids and when in doubt, don't freak out, as Heidi would say. Thank you guys, love you guys all. Until next time, I'm out.